0: Hello, and welcome to MacCast, a podcast from the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. I'm Dr. Lauren Vicker. This week, we talk about working abroad with CJ alum Don Davison, who spent over four years with Oasis International Hospital in Beijing, China. But first, let's find out what's happening in the Department of Media and Communication.
1: Congratulations to Cecil Fellen for winning the 2017 Creativity and Innovation Award at the Fisher Staff Recognition Awards Ceremony. This was a new award established this year, and Professor Serekin nominated Cecil in recognition of his talent working with CTV and the department. The Prima Group hosted their second annual Pyramid Awards at Oak Hill Country Club on Friday, April 21st, to celebrate the end of an exciting and successful year as the department's full-service agency. Students and faculty attended a fun, Gatsby-themed event. Members of the Class of 2017 are invited to a celebration of their graduation on Thursday, May 11th, from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Pittsburgh Pub. This will be a chance to say goodbye to the faculty and staff and receive a special gift from the department. The American Marketing Association went on a tour of Mason Marketing. Mason Marketing is a full-service advertising and integrated digital marketing agency specializing in traditional advertising, branding, collateral, sales promotion, and more. We trust the students enjoyed learning more about the culture and experience of this agency. Com alum Tyler Mason is a copywriter there. The Ad Strategy and Production class at J Advertising presented their final campaign of the semester to their client, The Perfect Granola. Students worked hard to provide assets such as new photography for the website and advertisements, a social media campaign, media plan and budget, as well as a proposed new logo and packaging design. The client really liked the campaign and is working towards hopefully implementing it in the near future of the company. A reminder that the Transitory Interactions Art Exhibit is still available for viewing at the Patricia O'Keefe Ross Gallery in the Welcome Center. The exhibit features interactive artworks by members of the interactive art course taught by yours, Professor Sarakin. This episode of MacCast is sponsored by the Department of Media and Communications new LinkedIn profile. The Mac Department has a new home on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect with us as we grow our network and post updates about the department. Just search Department of Media and Communications to find us. Remember, LinkedIn is a valuable networking tool that will put you in touch with many of the thousands of communication alumni and their contacts all over the country and the world. If you don't have a LinkedIn profile, you can get help at the Career Center.
0: Welcome back to MacCast. I'm Lauren Vicker. An increasing number of our students have been involved in study abroad, spending a semester living and going to school in a foreign country but what is it like to actually move your life across the globe and work as a communications professional abroad? Well, today's guest did just that. Dawn Rosensteel, now Dawn Davison, worked for four years in China before returning to Rochester, where she is now a public relations advisor at Rochester Regional Health Systems. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, the campus looked a little bit different from when
0: you graduated.
2: A lot more buildings. Yes, yes,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So could you tell us a little bit about what brought you to Fisher in the first place and, and how you decided to study communication journalism?
2: Yes. Um, when I graduated, right before graduating high school, I had decided on going to Nazareth. So I went there for a year, and I didn't uh, declare a major, but in that first year, I had decided on communications and they had recommended moving over to Fisher because they have a communications program <laughs> and I don't remember exactly why I chose communications but but I did and I was really glad that I made the transfer to Fisher so um, it's right down the road from my house I commuted all three years that I was at Fisher in the first year at Nazareth
0: and did you know within communications that you were interested in public relations? No,
2: no. I, mm-hmm. I think it took a little while. When I was in high school I did the morning show. So Ah, okay. <laughs> Some exposure to communications before college.
0: So you thought maybe you were gonna go into T V or radio or yeah. something like that? Yeah, or, I didn't yeah. really
2: know. And then I realized I don't really I don't wanna be the face. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So what kinds of things did you do in addition to the coursework that you took to kind of prepare you for your career?
2: I uh, well, that's what actually led me to work in healthcare is um, I interned at Unity Health System at the time at, and I was over at St. Mary's campus and um, then I also and that was in the communications department and then I also interned at an advertising agency which helped me decide that I definitely don't want to do advertising <laughs> which is very important to know what you don't want to do well
0: absolutely we say that all the time about students internships they're always valuable even if the answer is i want to change yeah. fields yeah mm-hmm. and then i
2: also interned at aids community health center in their marketing department in a pr I like a, a pr role and that's that that internship really firmed my, my desire to stay in healthcare and in communications or public relations.
0: And I wanted to comment that I remember that you had picked AIDS Rochester, which I think at the time was a pretty bold move for a college student to be willing to, to step into that kind of environment. Yeah. yeah.
2: And actually, in one of the PR classes that I was in, uh, one of our tasks was to basically, as a class, find an organization that we wanted to partner with to do work for. And we ended up choosing it. I don't know if I had switched to AIDS Rochester at this time, but we ended up choosing that organization after many groups had submitted their, you know, whatever company they were connected to. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting to be able to go back to the company that I interned with and do even more work for them.
0: Right. So after graduation, what happened then?
2: Well, I can make the correction to the earlier statement. Now, I was there for seven and a half years. So for a, I don't know. <laughs> so for a year after graduation, I had moved to Buffalo and never lived with my friends. I had been living at home the entire time I was in college. So I moved to Buffalo, and uh, it, I was having a really tough time finding a job in communications in 2008 when that department was being cut. And right. Mm-hmm. Several organizations. And I worked at Heritage Christian Services for a year, which really helped me, I think, develop as a a person. And and in that year, I was I had started dating my husband for the first for that was the first year I was dating my husband, and he had let me know about six months in that that he was planning to move to China for a year for a year to study Chinese as he studied Chinese at Binghamton, so. Um, I took that as an invitation and said, yeah, I'll go with you. I've never left the country. Uh, I want to do something exciting. I'm not working in my field. And I thought the only thing that, that Americans do in Asia is teach English. So I went and got certified to teach English as a second language, and, and we moved over together in 2009. And so we were just planning to stay for a year. One and year, right. I didn't yeah. know that you could work at just – you know, any company like you could here. Mm -hmm. So after we decided to stay longer than a year, then um, we used our networks and I found a role at a PR agency, a large PR agency in in Beijing.
0: And so how difficult was it as an American coming in to find a job? Did they like this skill set you brought or was it very different from what you'd experienced here?
2: Well, because... At the company that I was, I had the connection to, uh, it was, I think there were 500 employees in this one office and in a 25 story building, it was one floor and they, and I was the only foreigner. So I was the only non-Chinese person in this office and, uh, (laughs) So they ended up using me a lot for editing and, and mm-hmm. fixing some chinglish and some wording. And they had, they were, tech, I think they had an international client base. So they worked with like Amazon, with Cisco, with Johnson and Johnson, and so all these companies are they're creating press releases or speeches for their for the president when they're move, when they're going to China for a visit. Mm-hmm. So I would have to either write those or edit what was already written. And oftentimes it was like. Give me the Chinese so I can rework from there because this makes no sense at all. (laughs) (laughs) And how was your
0: Chinese at that point?
2: When I went, I couldn't. I could just say hello. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the first year, I I was able when I was teaching English, I was able to take some classes for a couple of months, and that helped me to build a base. And then I stopped. I I was really shy speaking Chinese. I was afraid to make mistakes. Mm. And we were living in an international community where all these universities were language universities so people would go there from all over the world to be studying Chinese and uh, Mm -hmm. I just like every lunchtime I would meet my husband when he was on break from from school and I would just write down the characters so I was learning the characters by myself really first before I could speak because I could do that by myself
0: right (laughs) right, just like Mm -hmm.
2: symbols (laughs) And, uh, and then when I decided, we decided to stay for the second year, that's when I really started studying Chinese and the office, only a few people spoke English. So it was, I learned Chinese really, I say, because, uh, I had to fight for my salary in Chinese because Mm. if I said, you know, my salary's late in English, no one would listen to me, but (laughs) if I was able to argue in Chinese, then, then I had something to fight for, <laughs> right. so it sounds like you were
0: doing a variety of PR functions, a lot of writing and editing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, how long were you there at that agency? I was
2: there for a year, mm-hmm. and then uh, I decided that I was definitely going to go get my master's in public health because I wanted to maybe I wanted to be in healthcare, but I didn't know if I wanted to stay in communications or if I wanted to do something more operational or, or in management there. So I, um, I started just working part time at a, a few different jobs while I applied to graduate school. And when I started graduate school is when I started working at Oasis International Hospital. And that there were a couple of positions there available to me that were offered. And one was uh, in marketing, and it was like outreach communications, and then the other was in patient service, like customer service for a hospital. And I decided to go with the customer service role because I would be inside the hospital, and that's where I would get the most practice from what I was learning in school. But in that role, I was sort of this constant person, constant international person so I often crossed over to marketing and communications because they had a lot of turnover. People just, a lot of times people come to, they would go to China and just stay for a year or two and then leave. Yeah. So I was there for quite a long time. Um, and I would do the outreach communication role anyways. And I would do the editing and I would write the, the press releases and the speeches for the president and meanwhile help to build sort of a patient experience department for the hospital.
0: So what kind of a hospital was OASIS? Is it
2: It was a general mm-hmm. general hospital, but in China they have their hospitals are inpatient and outpatient for the most part. So mm-hmm. anytime you have to go see a doctor, you would just go to the hospital, which was mm-hmm. very strange to me, especially in the first year when I had to go to the hospital. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because I just thought, it's not an emergency. I right. don't it need to It sounds
0: serious when you say I have to go to the yeah. hospital, right? But, yeah. So
2: we had there was a huge outpatient um, department, and they were a lot more successful. It was a brand-new hospital. Um, so a huge outpatient section and then three floors of inpatient rooms. It was only a 60-bed hospital, and it was a private International Standard Hospital. They recently were uh, accredited with the Joint Commission International. And that was, you know, something they had been working on for the whole time that I was there for five years preparing for that accreditation.
0: So it sounds like it was a very diverse place to work then. It wasn't just working in a Chinese hospital. No, it wasn't. I
2: mean, Mm. I probably 80 or 90% of the staff were Chinese. um, And then, you would have a few expats, foreigners in the marketing in the international marketing department, and then of course with physicians.
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. So you mentioned that you were doing this at the time you were getting a master's degree. Was this an online master's? Yeah, it was an online. Or, okay. Mm-hmm. So with a with a university in the United States? Yes, with New York mm-hmm.
2: Medical College. So I did my master's in, in uh public health for health. Policy and management. Mm-hmm. I think that's
0: the- so what was that like doing the master's online and not going, because you'd been used to going to school and really getting, being it in small classes like at Fisher. Being,
2: yeah, it, Yes, being back in, it was, I would say it was very similar because mm-hmm. I was used to commuting. So and I worked full-time while I was at Fisher. Um, so, and I would mm-hmm. do, I loved Fisher because you were able to um, create your own schedule, what accommodated you and classes really were available I could choose my schedule mm-hmm. so I would work I I think I would work like Monday Wednesday Friday or Tuesday Thursday Saturday Sunday 10-hour days and then come to Fisher the other days or have night classes mm-hmm. so I was kind of used to that so it was weird mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like oh just back in school yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh and I was able to do things at night and on the weekends so they weren't live classes Mm-hmm. So that worked out where my husband just finished yeah. his master's and his was online while he was still in Beijing and his were live classes. So, I mean, some mornings he would be up at five o'clock.
0: And oh, taking classes I don't online. don't envy that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that kind of worked out all right. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned something about working, living in an enclave that was kind of international because of the universities. Did you stay in that living situation the no, entire time? No, we, we
2: lived there for a year. And uh, there were, I mean, it was like living in a college town somewhere, I I guess like Geneseo or or Binghamton, you know, where all the students hang out together. Mm. And after a year, when we decided to stay longer than a year, we moved down, that was the northwest side of Beijing area. And then we moved to the southeast side of Beijing. We moved in with our friends. The only reason we moved there is... We, we found our friends had like a big apartment with like huge living space and you and it just seemed a lot more developed than where we had been living, which mm-hmm. was nice also, but very small was 60 square meters.
0: Oh. Tiny, yeah, tiny. So, dwarfing.
2: so you didn't necessarily need
0: to uh, kind of assimilate into the community, or is we, that even possible when you live in? Yes, China? you
2: can. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can. If that, but you have that vision if you wanted to stay. But we kept thinking we're temporary, mm-hmm. so we're only going to stay here for one year we're only going to stay here for one more year. That's it. One more year Mm -hmm. until four years in. And then we said, okay, let's just have an open mind (laughs) (laughs) and start decorating our apartment. Mm -hmm. And, um, when we moved out with our friend uh, from our friend's house at the third year, we moved into the one place that we lived for the last four or five years. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you know, living with expats, People, you have a lot more similarities, so you feel right. comfortable, you feel at home, you celebrate the same holidays, and and you just feel understood. Mm-hmm. There's oftentimes you just, when you, I would go to work every day in and day out, and then come home, and you feel like just no one understands me. Yeah. So, it's kind of like what I'm feeling right now when I go back to work <laughs> in America. Yes. Reverse culture shock.
0: <laughs> so so how did you decide, like, okay, this is it. It's time to go
2: back. I had, uh, well, we had a baby mm-hmm. almost one year ago this past Tuesday at the hospital that I was working at. Um, my mother-in-law came. My sister was there with me. Then my mother came. Then my mother-in-law came. And she decorated the baby's room, furnished it and everything. Mm-hmm. Then we came home for maternity leave in the summer. They have a, I got four and a half months paid maternity leave. Wow. Full.
0: Wow. Impressive. (laughs) Yes. So
2: I came home for two and a half months with my husband and he was working remotely. And um, then I think it was probably like three or four weeks in and we looked at each other and we're like, why don't we live here? (laughs) Why don't we live here? It's beautiful. The air is clean. People want to spend time with our baby. You know, people are saying, just you guys go out. We'll take care of the baby. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Beijing, we're friends with a lot of people, but, but they're kind of don't know what they can do to help. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Family makes a huge difference
0: yeah yeah right and you're from rochester so coming back here everyone's in the same place
2: for the most part yeah
0: and i know we hear a lot about the air pollution in beijing being pretty pretty terrible
2: yeah and as single as single people no kids we knew that but we didn't care so much Mm -hmm. and then having a baby and looking outside and saying okay We can't go out today. Right. And then Mm -hmm. we can't go out tomorrow. And, wow, it's been a week and a half since our baby has been outside. Wow, yeah. Yeah. And living Mm -hmm. in in an apartment where we're on the 20th floor, you can't just – like, let's go outside. You right. have to pack everything up. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't open the door. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, did you have trouble then
2: finding a job? Because now you've said reverse
0: culture shock. You were used to one system in one yeah. place. Yeah.
2: Um, when I was home in the summer, I started networking. Mm-hmm. So I started reaching out to to people that I knew, and and uh, I even had I saw the picture over there of Kelly. I reached out to her. I had some mm-hmm. conversations and um, reconnected with with someone at Rochester Regional who helped introduce me to the recruiter who was in charge of marketing communications team. Yeah.
0: So and I should note that you meant Kelly McCormick-Sullivan who actually taught here at Fisher. Yeah. And uh, is now pretty high up in the healthcare field here yeah. in Rochester. So that's great. So you were able to keep those networks alive and Yes, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. still
2: in contact with um, the person who was My supervisor, when I interned at AIDS Community Health Center, she's no longer with that system. I think she's in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I reach out to her as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very good, very good. So tell us just a little bit about what you're doing now.
2: Okay. So um, the job that I had accepted um, before coming back, we officially moved back in the end of November, and I had accepted a position, I think, the end of October, for the PR advisor role mm-hmm. and uh, this position I'm working from the corporate communications department and I'm assigned to Unity Hospital in St. Mary's campus. So just as their PR go-to person. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if I can say so much about the position.
0: Okay but I mean you're still doing kind of the writing and the it's, editing. Say and It's, the it's, PR it's quite function. similar
2: to what mm-hmm. I was doing in Beijing. It's a cross because mm-hmm. I'm still working at Unity. I'm not with the entire communications team. So I get pulled in on some interesting projects that aren't necessarily communications. Mm -hmm. So if a
0: student came to you and said, you know, I'd like an adventure after graduation. I'm thinking about moving across the world to, to try a job. Uh, in a foreign country, would you recommend it?
2: Yes, I would to anybody who's open to it, because you don't know if you'll have the opportunity or that mindset ever again in your life. And once you leave, it really, I don't know, it gives you a new outlook about everything. You sort of Mm -hmm. realize that there is more than just the United States. Right, you know? Yeah. And and then like I have the travel bug now. My husband and I, after living there, we traveled all around Asia, Southeast Asia, Europe and I don't know if I would ever have done that. Right. If
0: you hadn't made that made that leap. And right. you're also bilingual now with a Great language skill that that's got to serve you well in some other. It's very other places. useful yeah. in
2: Rochester.
0: <laughs> Have you run across some a number of Chinese No, no, oh, okay. that was. I, a mean, joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I I did. There's a great Asian mark Asian market in in Henrietta, and I went yeah. there mm-hmm. to buy decorations for the Chinese New Year, which was, I think, it was at the end of January, and all mandarin speaking chinese and it was amazing i was like i'm back in china i gotta bring my daughter here she'll feel <laughs> back at home and oh that's that's yeah. terrific so um if you were
0: if you also were talking to a student and they said they were interested in pursuing kind of healthcare communications is there any specific advice you'd have for them
2: I would say there's a lot of resources in Rochester. I don't know how easy it is to find internships anymore, just because I haven't had to do that in so long. But I I would also recommend maybe looking outside of Rochester and, and thinking international in that aspect too, because healthcare management and and communications is it's growing everywhere. And in China now, the private healthcare industry is 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 developing. Healthcare in general is changing so much there. Yeah, interesting. So a lot of opportunities, okay. and there's not a lot of competition.
0: Ah, okay. Well, yeah. that is definitely good mm-hmm. to know. So, all right. Well, Don Davis, and thank you so much for joining us yes. today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: MacCast is a production from the Department of Media and Communication here at St. John Fisher College. Zach Beaver is our producer of the podcast. James DC read What's Happening?, and the sponsor message. Jordan Prietti promotes the podcast and handles sponsor messages. Cecil Felton is executive producer, and I am Justin Prietti. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week.